Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Positive Sports Report, where we cover middle school athletics for the San Juan Unified School District. I'm your host, Dana Smith. I'm a teacher and coach at Carnegie Middle School, the middle school athletics director for San Juan Unified, and a certified trainer for Positive Coaching Alliance. In this episode, we're going to talk about age-appropriate coaching for middle school athletes, and we have an interview with Ruben Yeves from Positive Coaching Alliance. Let's roll. My name is Ross Gallagher. I'm the head coach of the Sylvan Middle School Wrestling Team. The main reason I like to coach is really to make a positive impact um, on our students. And for me, it's really important to build the community and build the tradition uh, of our students and building a culture, really, um, along with our families who are there to support our students. Name is Michael Fear. I coach at Lewis Pasture Middle School. Go Tigers! Um, I coach because I want to be that positive influence in kids' lives, and I want to be able to just look back and know that I had a positive influence. I helped kids grow. I taught them a sport that I love, and I've helped them just grow to be good people. Um, of course, winning's always nice, but the main thing is I just want to help spread the the sport and uh, yeah, all the positive things that can come from participating in team sports, individual accomplishments, um, all of those. I think they are more important than ever. Thanks. In this month's segment on positive coaching, we're going to focus on age-appropriate coaching for middle school athletes. Sixth grade through eighth grade consists of a large age span and a large span of maturity levels. So we want to teach the basic principles of our sport. We're going to encourage group problem solving by the team. We're going to let our players choose different events in track and field and different positions in other sports. We want to incorporate activities that require more attention. So we start building their attention span and their ability to focus for a longer period of time. We're going to start treating our players as partners and helping with some of the decision-making on the team. Obviously, at middle school, we're going to have to be tolerant of mood swings. We provide clear rules and boundaries as a coach and an advisor. Model expected behavior. Be a positive coach. Know that they're watching you all the time, and you have to model that positive behavior. Give athletes more responsibility in and out of the athletic arena. We can do those things and be age appropriate with our kids. We'll get the best out of our athletes and even better, the best out of them later in life. We are really blessed to have um, a wonderful guest. He is actually, uh, he's the boss. He's one of my bosses as a trainer for Positive Coaching Alliance. We have uh, Ruben Yevis with us. As a director of training, Ruben oversees the training and support of Positive Coaching Alliance tra trainers nationwide. Ruben has worked with Positive Coaching Alliance since 2001 and has presented over 500 PCA workshops. I, I can't imagine that. I feel like I've done a lot. And I don't think I'm at 30 yet. So that's very, very impressive. You've done that many workshops. All right, Ruben, you ready for your warm up question? Sure. Okay. What would you do? If you had $100,000 to donate or create a charity. Wow, that would be sweet, huh? 
Yeah. And it'd be even sweeter if it was a million. It's the one yeah. thing, that's the one reason I'd like, I, I would want to be wealthy. I don't, I don't want everything else that comes with wealth, but to be able to support causes. And um, so, you know, I've been um, blessed in my life. Uh, so I'm going to start with the Boys and Girls Club of America. Okay. As a youth, spent hours and hours and afternoons and weekends and evenings at the boys. It, back then it was the, the Goleta Boys Club. Now they've merged, of course. Um, and even just uh, about a month ago, I went back to Goleta, California, my hometown, and attended the 80th birthday of Sal Rodriguez. The the He started out as the activities, the athletic director, then he became the unit director, then he became the director of the Greater Boys and Girls Clubs. And I was there with 100 other men, 55, 60, 65, 70-year-olds there to honor and pay, you know, um, celebrate Sal and 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 what he did in our lives. So, and, and that organization is dear and dear to me. So a good chunk of it's going to go to the Boys and Girls Club of, of America and maybe to the Boys and Girls Clubs of Santa Barbara County. Um, gosh, you know, Positive Coaching Alliance. Um, uh, there's a reason I've worked with Positive Coaching Alliance for now 22 years. Um, the, the, you know, the mission you know, making that, you know, Ruben, that is a word I love when we talk about positive coaching, because you use that word. I use that word. Um, my master's program at Missouri, uh, Dr. Orr used that word that it's a mission to, to really change things. So yeah. don't want to cut you off there, but that's such, such no, a great, no, word I, I, I appreciate that. No, we're, we're, we're trying to make the world better in our own little way, you know, and, and we're, we've chosen youth and high school sports. And, and so, um, uh, I, I would want to support Positive Coaching Alliance, uh, not only the, the, the mission, but, but what it's done for me for 22 years, and including times when uh, <laughs> I needed a job and PCA took me in, you know, so um, PCA would be a, a part of it. And let me, let me think, um, you know, I'm going to stop there. I think those would be the, the <laughs> I mean, because the list could get pretty long, right? And yeah, run totally. out of that, run out of a hundred thousand pretty quick. Right, right, right. Yeah. It doesn't go as far as you think it would go. <laughs> huh? <laughs> All right, Ruben, tell us a little bit about your, your own sports background, your coaching background and how you became involved with positive coaching Alliance. So I got into sports at, 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 at the Galito boys club playing basketball, flag, football, baseball, uh, uh, I, I started officiating at the age of 13 and That's I officiated, brave. I officiated the adult games that they, they'd stay after hours and they, you know, they wanted an official and, and I would officiate those games. And, um, and, uh, and then, and then I coached my first team when I was a seventh grader, you know, so that was a big part of it, but uh, you know, um, ended up playing volleyball at Stanford and uh, uh a few years after uh, after I graduated, my my Stanford coaches asked me if I would come back and join their their coaching staff. So I, I became an assistant coach for both the men's and women's volleyball teams. Um, then through a series of being in the right place, the right time breaks, um, I, you know, I, I became the head coach uh, of the Stanford men's volleyball team and did that for eleven years. And uh, that's where I coached a team to the NCAA championship in 1997. It's where I was named the uh, National Collegiate Volleyball Coach of the Year a couple times. And uh, 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 when that career ended, I, I, I went to work for Positive Coaching Alliance. But 
with a three-year break to coach the Fresno State women's volleyball team. So uh, I got three years of, of coaching collegiate women's volleyball as well. Wow, that's awesome. National championship, that's, that's fairly impressive. Well, and wasn't that the first one at first Stanford volleyball? It, it, it was the first one for the men's volleyball program. The, the, wow. the women's program had won a few already, and we broke through in 1997. Yeah. And then since then, uh, boy, another proud moment for me, Dana, in, in 2010. So I was the head coach in 2000 in, in, when we won in 97. In 2010, Stanford men's volleyball won this, their second NCAA men's volleyball championship, and they were led by my former assistant coach, John Costi. Oh, that's awesome. That's who awesome. is still the coach today and has, boy, did he take what we had built together and just, boy, the program is more complete and uh, much more of a model of the, the, the kind of culture that Positive Coaching Alliance uh, advocates now than it ever was under John Costi. So question for you. It, PCA started out of Stanford. Jim yeah. Thompson, correct? Yeah. It, it, is that how you became engaged with it or? Yeah. 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 So, so physically it started at Stanford. So, so Jim Thompson was, was teaching in the Stanford business school and he was coaching his own son in sports. And, you know, he was quite honestly, he was appalled with what he saw around the whole thing. And, and so uh, he, he wrote a book called positive coaching and it was about how he thought youth sports wasn't living up to its potential. And, um, and at the time when, when he published the book, he shared it with a few people, include, you know, a, a, through, through one, through one of his students, Rich Kelly, former NBA basketball player had played for Phil Jackson in the NBA and Phil. So, so Rich is Jim's student at Stanford. He shares Jim's book with, with, uh, with Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson is intrigued and starts a relationship that still continues to this day. He's been our national spokesperson. Um, but another person who got intrigued by what Jim's ideas in his book was Ted Leland, the athletic director at the time at Stanford. And he said, you know, writing this book is, is great and it, it can have an impact, but really what you have to do is you got to start an organization. And I've got a closet over here, a equipment closet I'm going to clear out. And you, you know, you can start an organization based on you know, your ideas. And, and that's how, that's how it launched. Yeah. That's I, um, when I first started coaching, I was just looking for stuff. Cause I, I knew I wanted to coach in, in a way that was positive for kids. Right. Uh -huh. And just happened to run into positive coaching Alliance online, just doing a search. And I've been sold ever since. And it's been a major part of, of what we've done. And to the point to, to go to our next question that when I, when I, took on the job as middle school athletics director. The first thing I asked for was a partnership with positive coaching Alliance to have our coaches trained. That was about eight years ago. Um, and all of our coaches have to be trained. So tell us a little bit about those double goal coach workshops and, and even some of the other workshops and what we're trying to get as, as normal, so to speak for coaches in youth sports. Yeah. Okay. So um, in, in terms of our coaches workshops, uh, at the heart of our coaches workshops is the double goal coach model. You use that term double goal coach. What does that mean? It means that you have two goals. You, you, you try to win. Okay. It's, it's competitive sports, athletics, 
you know, you, you, you play the game and you try to win. Um, you try to help your athletes perform. You teach them how to compete. That That's part of it. And and we and at PCA, we embrace that. We think it's an important part of sports, competitive sports. The double goal coach, double, of course, has a second goal, an even more important goal, and that is teaching the right life lessons uh, through sports. Um, the, the beauty is that the two goals usually support each other. The, the competitive environment brings these life lesson opportunities to the surface. And the more kids grow in these life lesson opportunities, what am I talking about? Teamwork, goal setting, work ethic, empathy, a bounce, grit, bouncing back from mistakes, winning and losing graciously. The more they grow in those life lesson opportunities, the better they tend to compete and, 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 and win. So, so that's at the heart of our uh, coaches workshops. And that's, you know, one thing I, I really found that to win over coaches, especially ones that are a little bit reluctant that are in workshops, the, the research shows us that you get better performance out of athletes, workers, relationships, whatever the case may be with positive coaching and the ideas that are behind it. And if there's you two want reasons. that winning part, you're <laughs> going to get there on a way better path by using positive coaching and focusing it, on those. Dina, you're you're absolutely process. right. You're absolutely right. There's two reasons to be a positive coach or a double goal coach. One is because it's the right way to do things. It's the right kind of experience to, to provide our youth. But there's a second reason, the one you said, you're, you're going to succeed more. Even, even Bobby Knight, who most of us don't view as a positive <laughs> coach, if he had applied some of this stuff, he, he would have won even more in, 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 in our opinion, you know? Um, so, so that's one of the reasons that PCA has been embraced at many levels, including by a guy like Phil Jackson, who's competed at the highest, you know, coached at the highest, is that, um, is that we, is that positive coaching actually enhances performance and winning also. And so that, that, that helps create broader buy-in. Um, and it's been a very important part of, of uh, Jim Thompson's uh, original strategy. And I, I mentioned Jim Thompson. He, he was our founder and longtime executive director. Uh, he retired a couple years ago. We're now led by another wonderful leader by the name of Janet Carter. Um, but but you'll hear me you'll hear me you'll you'll hear me reference Jim more often just because uh, of his longevity leading the organization. It, you want to talk about successful coaches that are true believers in positive coaching? Phil Jackson, Steve Kerr, Greg Popovich, and that's just basketball. But it's you know Dusty Baker. Oh yeah, <laughs> he, uh, it, Bruce Bochy, um, yeah. Brad Stevens, uh, uh, Pete Carroll. Uh, I mean yeah, you know, and, and that. that uh, Don Staley. Um, yeah, I, you know, all sports, all levels, all genders. Yeah. Yeah. Proofs in the pudding, right? <laughs> I know a pretty good wrestling coach, uh, that does pretty well uh, in Sacramento too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we try, we try. Sure. <laughs> um, and one of the things I really love about positive coaching Alliance is that it's not limited to coaches. It's parents are trained. Athletes are trained. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you, it was an eye opener to, to do parent workshops and some of the things I've, the stories I've heard about what goes on out in, in youth sports. It's, it's the proof that we need that 
training. You seem to kind of preach to the choir a little bit, those parent ones, but talk about some of the things we're focusing on with, with parents yeah. and then um, with triple impact competitors as we call okay. them. Okay. Sure. Okay. So uh, the, 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 we have a model for the, the, the sports parent too, the positive sports parent. It's called the second goal parent. And you have to understand what a double goal coach is to understand what a second goal parent is. The second goal parent leaves that first goal striving to win to the coaches and athletes. They're the participants. The second goal parent focuses on the second goal, reinforcing the life lessons that the coach is teaching, that the sport is, is teaching our, our children. So that's, that's the second goal parent model. Um, just like uh, coach, uh, double goal coaches, a second goal parent is guided by three principles, three principles. And um, they're the principles of a positive sports culture. They're the principles of positive coaching. Uh, one, one is called the Elm Tree of Mastery, ELM. It's a, it's a way to define success other than just purely through the scoreboard. E for effort, L for learning, M for mistakes are okay. Mistakes are a natural part of the competitive and learning process. Um, filling emotional tanks. Uh, great coaches understand this, that uh, we, we all learn and perform better when our emotional tanks are full. And, you know, so the, 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 the demeaning, the, 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 the tearing kids down doesn't do much for learning and performance. Um, so filling emotional tanks. And we want parents to understand that too, because it'll, <laughs> they're, they're, they greatly impact the emotional tanks of their, their children. So filling the emotional tanks five times as much, we, we strive for five times as much tank filling as uh, tank, anything that might drain an emotional tank. Um, and then the, the third principle, uh, pro one of the most important ones for parents, the second goal parent is honoring the game, um, which gets to the roots of positive competition, respect for the rules, the opponents, the officials, teammates, and self. And um, yeah, when you talk about some of the stories you hear about parents in sports, um, oftentimes it's about dishonoring the game and it's violating or disrespecting one of the roots. Sometimes it's the officials, sometimes it's it's the, the, the coaches, so, uh, sometimes it's a lack of uh, self-respect, um, yeah. you know, modeling the wrong things. Um, and so... Uh, we want coaches to be guided by those three principles. We want parents to be guided by those three principles. And we'll talk about how we want athletes to be guided by those three principles. You know, that the Elm tree, I, I use that in my classroom as well. And I tell my kids, the expectation is uh, own your, cause we have a saying here called at Carnegie called own it. So I put it as own your, your own effort. Give me your best effort every day. That's not going to be the same every day. Some days you feel better than others, but give me your best effort every day. Own your learning. Be willing to learn something new every day, right? And own your mistakes. Learn from them, bounce back, do better next time. Kids, anybody can do that. You're going to grow because you're going to make mistakes as you learn. And you only get better through making, being willing to make mistakes, being willing to get out of your comfort zone and make a mistake and learn from it and get better. So it, it applies to so much more than just sports, but it goes to that idea of, all those great life lessons that we can teach through sports. It's, it's, uh, it's great. Yeah. I, I love it. Um, boy, fear of mistakes, an environment that breeds a fear of mistakes, a win at all cost sports environment, a win at all cost educational environment where it's all about, you know, being perfect and getting A's 
I, I can think of nothing that li would limit effort more, would limit learning more and limit performance more than, than being afraid to make a mistake or fail or get it wrong. Um, yeah. And, and, and I'm not surprised that you use it in the classroom because so much of the elm tree of mastery, the research that, that, that it's based upon, a lot of it is done in the, the field of sports, but a lot of it is done in the field of education and learning as well. Um, these are, yeah, the elm tree is closely tied to a lot of educational and, and, and classroom teachers usually get the concept of elm and mastery a lot faster than sports coaches do. Right. Right. It's, it's making those mistakes in sports. It's so public, you know, in a classroom, yeah. you make a mistake, you and the teacher know, maybe a couple of students, you make a mistake out on a soccer field, a whole bunch of people see it. So that's, <laughs> that's a tough thing to teach kids. And, but once they learn it and they're willing to do it, man, sky's the limit. And, you know, we, and we talk about parents, my experience is 99% of the parents are great, but man, 1% that's not can really, really uh, ruin a culture if, if we don't work through that and have a plan for it, for sure. Well, you, well, you talked about preaching to the choir, some, which we PCA, we do plenty of that. Well, we need that choir to stay on task because that 1% could become 2% or on a given day could become 25%. You know, we've seen we've seen where it's become 25 or 50 percent and all the adults are fighting on the field. And wait a minute. This is this is for the kids. What are the parents doing out on the field fighting? You know, so uh, right. it can go wrong. It can go wrong fast and 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 drastically if, if we're not mindful. Yeah. And I, I feel like those parents, too, even if you're preaching to the choir, you're it's like you give them permission. You empower them to speak that truth and be positive and call other people out when they're, when they're not being positive. I think it, it's just a strong, strong way to send parents out to be supportive of their kids in sports. So talk to us a little bit about triple impact competitors and what we're trying to do there. So a triple impact competitor uh, in, in, in PCA's eyes is the highest form of competitor. It's kind of the gold standard. So a triple impact competitor is committed to making three things better, triple impact one, making themselves better. As, as athletes and as people, okay, you make yourself better. But you don't stop there as a triple impact competitor. You're also committed to making those around you better in sports, primarily your teammates, making teammates better. And then, but the triple impact competitor goes even beyond that because by the way they compete, by the way they interact with everybody, their teammates, opponents, officials, they actually make the game better. They elevate the sport that they're playing by the way they conduct themselves in and outside of a uniform. That's the triple impact competitor model, who, by the way, is guided by the three principles of positive coaching. That's the same three principles that apply for them as well. Right. And, you know, I truly believe, Ruben, that if, if we're, when we're doing these things in youth sports, not does it just make those, those athletes better and their teammates better and the sport better, it has a ripple effect in your community. If you have a powerful program, that is focused on positive coaching, it really has an impact. And when you see athletes 10, 20 years down the road, and they're still talking about those concepts of what we did, it gets embedded in it and it has a, it has a ripple effect out. And I think that goes back to the, the idea of it being a mission that we're truly on a mission to make you sports better. Cause it also makes our communities better and our culture better. And speaking of making our communities better and our culture better, 
One thing that happened a couple of years ago is that Positive Coaching Alliance merged with another wonderful organization called Coaching Corps. And at the heart of Coaching Corps' mission was making a positive youth sports experience uh, available to all kids. Um, and, and so that is a big part of what PCA does now. So um, it's important that, you know, not just San Juan Unified School District students have access to this kind of experience. We want kids, regardless of social or economic circumstances, to have that kind of uh, opportunity as well. And and uh, that that's another uphill battle, Dana. But but um, we're, we that's part of what what we do now. Yeah, in, you know, Linda Flanagan, who I had on last time, we we talked about this quite a bit because it's a huge concern to me that. There are so many kids that aren't getting access to sports because it's become so money oriented. And so like, go get a scholarship oriented that we're shutting a lot of kids out. And that's, that's a big selling point to me about school sports that we can, you know, I just met with four or five parents about wrestling and one of them said, well, what's the fee? I said, there's no fee. This is sponsored by the school district and the, the money people are charging for like travel ball and competitive ball and, and those things out there that really shuts a lot of families and kids out of, out of a process. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it was Linda Flanagan in her book. She talks about youth sports is now a bigger business as a whole than the NFL, you know, right. there's more money involved, you know, and it makes, in, in some ways it makes sense because there's, it's, you know, it's so youth sports is so pervasive, but um, yeah, the, the, um, the monetization of youth sports has exacerbated some some issues and and some problems, um, for sure. So therefore, um, equity and access are all the more important. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ruben, thank you for coming on. I I always love talking to you. Um, you're you're so knowledgeable about positive coaching and such a believer in what we do. And I appreciate everything you've done for me personally, bringing me into PCA and allowing me to be involved and become a trainer. And I've learned, I know I've learned more by being a trainer than I've taught other people. It's just, it's a great experience. And it really, you feel like you're making a difference in youth sports more than just, um, although it's important in your own coaching, your own team, but have, have more of an impact with um, some of the knowledge that I've been lucky enough to acquire and, and what I've learned from Positive Coaching Alliance. So I personally can't thank you enough. And I know I'm one of a whole bunch of people that you've had that impact on. So um, I, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for, for all you've done for me and for coming on and, and talking to our listeners. Thank you, Dana. That's very nice of you to say. Very emotional tank filling. Can never get enough emotional tank filling. Appreciate it. And Dana, you know, what you do as a PCA trainer, that's everything to, to PCA. You know, mo the vast majority of people, their experience with PCA is through a PCA trainer like you at a workshop. And so anything that we accomplish, uh, uh, you're a big part of. So thank you, Dana. Thanks for right. having me thank on. You. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. And we'll talk again for sure. Thank you to Ruben Nieves from Positive Coach Alliance for joining us on this episode. Wrestling has started at our middle school, so check your school for information on your wrestling program. This month's shout-out goes to our cross-country athletes and coaches 
who finished their great season with the district championships at Churchill Middle School on October 26th. Please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast service and on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram at The Positive Sports Report. Until next time, let's keep our sports positive.